Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. A recent MIT study found that we crave interactions in the same region of our brains where we crave food. We feel the pain of social exclusion in the same region of our brains where we experience physical pain. People need people. We need each other. We are hardwired with the need to belong. The headlines are rife with terrible news of the ways in which the pandemic has wreaked havoc on mental health. Even as we're emerging from the long isolation from one another, it's clear that beyond the relentless missing of family, friends, and colleagues, being disconnected has cut deeply into our connections and our sense of belonging. In contrast, many of us have described Arlington Street as a pandemic lifeline. The magic of Zoom enabling us to feel close even while we're apart has sustained us through these long months. Even in this strange new way, instinctively, we knew to stay connected. Together, we've survived a kind of shipwreck, the devastation of COVID-19 by holding on to one another. And for many of us, our sense of belonging in this beloved spiritual community has been deepened. We see and know one another, we feel seen and known, even by those whom we have never met in person. In his book, The Happiness Hypothesis, American social psychologist Jonathan Haidt calls this vital engagement, a web of relationships and a sense of community connected by activities, traditions, and the group members themselves. When we feel a sense of identity with a group, there's a kind of safety that enables us to lean in, engage our strengths, and be authentic about who we are. That sense of identity is important, says the Neuroleadership Institute's Janine Stewart. Being surrounded by other human beings and even having friends doesn't guarantee a sense of belonging. Belonging has to do with saying, yes, these are my people. A study at the University of Michigan concluded that not belonging is a stronger predictor of depression than lack of social support and loneliness. Every one of us has a story of not belonging. It was almost unheard of in my childhood for anyone's parents to be divorced. My father left and moved to Asia, and while I now know that mothers in other families in my neighborhood also spent their days closed in their bedrooms with the shades drawn. From the age of 10 on, I lied about both parents' whereabouts 
and spent a lot of energy hiding what I didn't want people to see. At the end of eighth grade, there was a special ceremony where prizes were awarded by the local Rotary Club. The recipients were a secret except from their parents who showed up for the celebration. At the appointed hour, we were all called to an outdoor assembly, and as we headed there, my friend and neighbor, Noreen O'Malley, ran up to me, her face clouded with concern. Kimmy, she said, your mother's here. I can still remember the unchecked panic that washed over me and the feeling of adrenaline just flooding my system. Was she in her housecoat and curlers? Was she high? Who else had seen her? What if she said something? Anything. I could lie about where my, why my father wasn't there, but how could I explain her appearance or behavior? I remember nothing of the ceremony, but I do remember thinking, Noreen must know. Who else knows now? The one place I could let down my guard was church, the Unitarian Universalist Church where I was raised. There had been no hiding my parents' divorce. My father, the bass soloist, had had a less than discreet affair with another quiet member, choir member, and then suddenly he disappeared. My mother's reaction was pitiable but understandable. I remained on high alert, but no one ever said anything to me about it, and I never for a moment felt their judgment. Instead, I was elected to leadership positions and given a lot of responsibility. I was mentored and supported. There was a lot of love and affection, praise and pride. My indebtedness to that congregation, to our church, and to this faith is something I have spent the rest of my life devoted to paying forward with a prayer that every one of us can find our place just right here, that sweet spot of identity, safety, and strength. Your story of belonging can start right here, right now. I want to read you this beautiful excerpt from American author Peter Block's book, Community, The Structure of Belonging. There was a time, he writes, when belonging was built into our culture. In 1823, the French historian Alexis de Tocqueville traveled to America and had one overriding impression. Unlike Europe, he said, Americans are a people drawn to volunteerism and associational life. But after World War II, much of the Western world climbed the ladder and lost touch with each other. We romanticized mobility, built the highway system, and raced to the suburbs. We went in search of home ownership, wanting to live among like-minded people. We chose individuality over belonging and adopted a certain standard of living, code phrase for consumption, as our goal in life. Today, we talk about how small our world has become with the shrinking effects of globalization and instant sharing of information. 
yet these don't necessarily create a sense of belonging. And the cost of our detachment isn't only our isolation, our loneliness, but also the fear that there are too many people whose gifts we never experience. Fortunately, Peter Block continues, there's a counter-narrative emerging. Our spirit is being renewed. Small is replacing scale. Slow is replacing fast. This isn't just about lifestyle. It isn't only about land and the air and the water. It's an awakening of our early cultural instincts to care for the common good, to acknowledge that we belong to one another. To experience a sense of belonging, we need to place more value on the power of relationships. We need to be with people with whom our fallibility is accepted rather than treated as something to be fixed. These qualities of belonging are always available to us. Awakening our sense of belonging isn't about remembering the past. It's a remembering, a putting ourselves, all of us, back together, remembering. Years ago, American spiritual teacher Ram Dass interviewed an anonymous police officer. I have rarely heard anything like this point of view expressed anywhere before or since, but his words and his story stayed with me. Here he is. There are theories about crime and how to deal with it, he says. Some say you have to think like a criminal. How I'm working is really pretty different. I see that we're all of one good nature. That's who we are by our birthright. And that's why I'm affirming in the course of a day on the job, we are all of one good nature. In fact, that is my job. They call us police officers. To me, I'm a peace officer. I had arrested a very angry man who singled me out for real animosity. He spit in my face. That was something. And he went after me with a chair. We handcuffed him and put him in the van. Well, on the way, I just had to get past this picture of things, and I affirmed to myself, this guy and I are brothers in love. This guy and I are brothers in love. When we got to the station, I was spontaneously moved to say, look, if I've done anything to offend you, I apologize. The van driver looked at me as if I were totally nuts. The next day, I had to take him from where he'd been housed overnight to criminal court. When I picked him up, I thought, well, if you trust this vision, you're not going to have to handcuff him. And I didn't. We got to a spot in the middle of the corridor, which was the place that he'd have jumped me if he'd had that intention. And suddenly he stopped. So did I. And then he said, you know, I thought about what you said yesterday, and I want to apologize. I just felt this deep appreciation. Turned out he'd done a lot of time and had trouble with guards in jail. I symbolized something. And I saw that turnaround, saw a kind of healing. The officer concluded, so what really happens? If you're going to explore whether or not this vision of our nature, our unity, really has power, 
Maybe people will think it's idealistic. Maybe they think it could never be this way. You're sentimentalizing people. You're taking chances. Well, for me, it's about how the universe is. Things are this way already. It's just up to us to know that more clearly. I see that my work is to hold on to this image of who we really are, who we truly are, and to be guided by that, both within myself and on the streets. Belonging is our capacity to find our deeper purpose in what we do. It's the capacity to be present and to discover our authenticity and our whole selves. And then it's a remembering, putting ourselves, all of us, back together. One more, this is an excerpt from another anonymous interview. I can tell you I would have died, but for this community. The doctors had just about given up, forget having any will to live. I can't begin to describe the despair. Beyond the relentless physical pain, there was this utter emptiness of heart and soul. Each morning felt like waking up in hell, every morning feeling like that, like it was the first time. And yet people cared and called and came and stayed, and each gesture came to feel almost miraculous to me. And there were moments when I would say, you just don't know what this means to me. And they didn't. They couldn't. Isn't that wild? They really didn't see it. They really didn't see just how much their ordinary expressions of love would do for me. On one hand, I thought it was wonderful that they wouldn't make a big deal out of something that seemed so simple for them, just showing up. But on the other hand, I wanted to shake them and say, do you know how beautiful you are? Won't you see? As if they were angels who had forgotten. At best, we are creating a community in which we use the language of love and healing, where we can have courage and encourage. Peter Block writes, community calls for us to acknowledge our interdependence. To feel a sense of belonging is important because it will lead us from conversations about safety and comfort to conversations about our willingness to provide hospitality and generosity. To belong is to be an investor, an owner, and a creator of community. Each time we're together needs to become an example of the future we want to create. The future is created one room at a time, one gathering at a time. Belonging is a longing to be. Community is the container within which our longing to be is fulfilled. How do we strengthen our sense of belonging and so strengthen this beloved spiritual community? How do we build not just individual capacity but also a community capacity to be open, to welcome the stranger as the not yet befriended, and to affirm that they have indeed, you have indeed, 
come to the right place. I think of four ways. First, show up and take your place. Claim your seat in this circle. Second, keep meeting new people and trying new things. Make the first move. Reach out, lean in, engage, listen carefully. Third, practice acceptance. Focus on similarities rather than differences. And fourth, be patient. You're creating something beautiful. It takes time. I'm going to close with one of my all-time favorite stories of belonging. This guy, he's also anonymous, is my hero. He says, I'm 92 years old, all right. I get up every morning at 7 o'clock. Wake up, get up, I say. I talk to my legs. Legs, get moving. Legs, you're an antelope. It's a matter of mind over matter. You have to have the right spirit. And I'm up and out on the streets, 7.30 a.m. sharp. I'm wearing my honorable sanitation commissioner badge they gave me at City Hall. I'm alert. I'm ready. I'm out there, and I have my whistle. My job is I help get the parked cars off the street so they can bring in the sanitation trucks and the Wayne sweeper, the big one, more than a hundred grand for a broom. So when I show up, I go around blowing my whistle to get people to move their cars. I have a great time. People are asleep. They're busy with business. They're busy taking time off from business. Whatever. I don't care. I blow my whistle. I'm all over the place. I don't discriminate either. I go after the sanitation men, too. The union got them a coffee break. Some coffee. They're having bacon and eggs. They're having toast. They're having French toast. I kid them about it, and I go right into the restaurant and blow my whistle. They love it. They understand. Everybody loves it. Everybody understands. It's the whistle that gets them. Sometimes I'm having such a laugh I can't blow it. Then I go back to work. Schleppers, get moving. Let's go. This used to be a beautiful city. People cared. If you didn't pay your rent, the sheriff would come and put your furniture out on the street, but the poorest of the poor would come and drop their pennies and nickels at your house and put you back into your apartment. That's community. Now it's different. Things have gotten out of kilter. People seem to be lost in their own thoughts. I see them on the streets lost in their own thoughts. Not that I'm all that different. I'm a schlep myself but I'm trying. Let's try. It's all possible. What can I tell you? I'm just a senior citizen, but what do I know that everybody doesn't know? I just go out there in the morning and blow my whistle. That's what I do. You do what you do. Me, I'm having a great time. Wonderful fun. And when people see how much fun I'm having, they have to laugh. What else can they do? We're all in this together. And then I hit them with it. Move your car. Beloved spiritual companions, we need one another. We are hardwired with the need to belong. May we hold tight to this lifeline, this vital engagement, affirming, yes, these are my people. May our spirits be renewed. May we find our deeper purpose in what we do, 
bring our whole selves, have courage and encourage. Legs, get moving. We're all in this together as if we were angels who had forgotten. Let's try. It's all possible. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Our benediction is from American author Charles Eisenstein. Disaster liberates solidarity. A more beautiful world shimmers just beneath the surface. We have been gifted a reset. The next step into love lies before us. It feels daring, but not reckless. May our every act of compassion, kindness, and generosity heal us from the delusion of separateness. We are all in this together. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.